Today, 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 everything changes for you. There is absolutely nothing any of us can do to change our past. But please know that your decision to join us in the purity of our praise unto God today definitely changes your future. St. Peter United decrees that you are worthy, you are loved, you are accepted, and you have a purpose. I am reading, preaching today from the New American Standard Version, Luke, the 17th chapter. I know the hour is far spent. I'll abbreviate this message. Even though it's raining outside, some of y'all worried about your swimsuit. I get it. It's all good. I get you there in time to dive in. Luke 17. And I'm going to cut this short. Let's just read verse through 16. Let's just read verses 11 through 16. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his, speaking of Jesus' feet giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. I'll pause right there. Uh, for the, the next few moments that I will engage you in discussion, I would like to give you this as a backdrop for inspiration. I'm leaving better than I arrived. I'm leaving better than I arrived. In 2000, in Copenhagen, there was established an initiative called the Human Library. Now, the Human Library, I found very interesting, is now, uh, uh, and it has grown, it has evolved from becoming an initiative to a full-on project uh, that is in multiple countries around the world. Uh, I'll abbreviate this. The, the, the premise of the Human Library is that there are many different people from many different backgrounds, culturally, uh, generationally, relig uh, religiously, racially, ethnically there are many different people from many different backgrounds and the only way that we can truly and adequately understand one another is through a process that we call and Ian and I have come to know through our work together as appreciative inquiry it is the idea it is the concept uh, that you cannot imagine or anticipate or predict for a person better than they can for themselves uh, it is embodied in the reality that 
that if I am driving along the road and I go under an underpass and I see a homeless person, I cannot just readily assume that what they want is cash money. But I have to appreciatively inquire from them what is it that they need because no one can express what they need better than them. No one can tell anyone what you need better than you can. And so this, this, I, this idea of the human library, it brings together people of, of varying backgrounds, various cultures, and they created uh, uh, what looks and seems like a library. It is the analogy of a library. However, there are no books in the library. The library is actually stocked with individuals rather than books. And so when you go in, you speak to the individual and you get the opportunity not only to read a book but to get a real life presentation and narration of a person's story. How many of us would have benefited from the opportunity not to be read by our covers? You know there is a cliche that you cannot, uh, y'all I told you I shift gears quick. You know, you, 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 you know, you, many of us, I'm sure, if not all of us, at one point in life have been victimized by people who did not give us the benefit of appreciative inquiry. You didn't ask me how I was feeling. You assumed based on the way I was dressed. You, you didn't ask me what I really wanted. You just assumed based on your assessments of what I didn't have. You didn't ask me who I was. You just determined it based on what you heard from third-party sources. And so the human library allows people to escape their ignorance by having firsthand conversations to gain depth and broaden their insight into aspects of life that they would not have known had it not been for that experience. Uh, like in, in similar fashion, I think that it is necessary for such a project because uh, it eradicates discrimination, it eradicates uh, unfair judgment, it eradicates preconceived notions about people and then the reactions to those notions. And in like fashion, Jesus is personified by Luke in similar fashion. Luke talks about Jesus in such a way. In fact, his thematic thesis for the book of Luke uh, was to present the idea that Jesus is compassionate to those who have been outcast. I'll say it again. I said this check, this pericope that we have read today, the, the, the book of Luke, it was written by Luke to embody and personify Jesus as an individual who was non-discriminatory, who was non-judgmental, who engaged people in a first-person approach, and he allowed them to define themselves. Think about how many of the gospel stories you've heard where Jesus encountered somebody, and it seemed like it was apparent and obvious what they needed. Bartimaeus sitting blindly on side of the road, and Jesus asked him, do you want to see? Jesus didn't just assume that Bartimaeus wanted his sight to be restored. It, it, yeah, Jesus meets a woman at the well and before, even though he knew her business, before he started to read her mail, Jesus asked her. He engaged her in conversation. He did not assume what it was that she wanted, even though we know that Jesus was all sufficient and had the ability to provide whatever it is that was lacking. Luke embodies and personifies Jesus in similar fashion. As we look at this text, 
in Luke chapter 17, verse 11, the Bible opens up, uh, the text opens up in verse number 11. Luke tells us that Jesus is passing between uh, Samaria and uh, Galilee. And as he is passing through, the Bible says that he enters a, vig- a village and 10 leprous men uh, stood at a distance and met him. Now, this is for the people in the back because there are oftentimes or have oftentimes been suggestions from the folk who sit in the front of the church that they are closer to God because they're closer to the pulpit. They don't want to have church with me. I'll preach to the walls. Every now and then, we have to understand that just because you're closer to the pulpit, it does not mean that you are closer to God. But Luke helps us understand linguistically that you can still meet Jesus, somebody say, from a distance. And this is encouragement for the folk from the, for the folk that say, I went to the club last night, but I still got up and came to church this morning to understand that even though you were tipping last night, you can still get connected to God. This is for the folks who say, I don't know all the eloquent words to fashion of the right prayer. And I want to let you know that you don't have to be the perfect intercessor to still meet Jesus. Somebody tell your neighbor, it doesn't matter who you are. Tell him it does not matter who you are not. You can still meet Jesus. Luke says that they stood at a distance and they met him. I, I, I like the fact that Luke tells us they stood at a distance and met Jesus because there are times in my life where my behavior has caused me to feel like I was not close to God. There are times in my life where my thought process caused me to wonder if I, I guess I'm preaching for myself today, y'all real quiet in here. Is it anybody in here that's ever felt like you weren't close to God because of what somebody else may have suggested to you? because of what systems had deceived you into believing, because of what tradition had said to you is and is not the qualifications to be close to God. But I want to help you know, you can be distant and still be connected. He, he, he enters the village. He enters the village and 10 leprous men uh, uh, stood at a distance and they met him. Now understand here, it is significant that they stood at a distance. These leprous men, and I like this, I don't have time to go into it uh, about how we get a third party introduction and before we even get their names, we get their issue. And you know, every now and then there are third party voices that have a way of introducing you where they identify your issue rather than they identify your person. If you examine the text, you won't find any of their names. Ten ten people, not one name. Ten ten people, not not, not one introduction of a name. Ten people, not one introduction of of who was in the crowd. It's It's just ten folks. And all we know about these 10 folks is that they have the same problem. This is encouraging again, brothers and sisters, because it helps us to understand uh, that regardless of who you are, regardless of how you are dressed, regardless of where you have come from, regardless of your socioeconomic status, there is a system called life that evens the playing field that my problem might not be your problem and your issue might not be my issue, but we all got a problem. 
Look down your row right quick, because some of y'all dress real pretty in here, but look down your row right quick. I don't want you to say nothing, because this messy right here. But just, just look down your row. Just look down your row. And I want you to feel good about yourself, because there may be somebody that you thought had it together when you walked in, based on the way they're dressed. There may be somebody that you feel has a deeper anointing, a closer connection, because of the way they lifted their hands during praise and worship. But just, just, just look down your row. Because one thing that's for sure is that we all got a problem. In his book, said I wasn't going to tell nobody, the making of a black theologian, James Cone asserts that Luke's gospel was clear. The ministry of Jesus was essentially liberation on behalf of the poor and the oppressed. He goes on to say, I didn't need a doctorate in theology to know that liberation denied, defined the heart of Jesus' ministry. Jesus had a way of engaging people without prejudice. And so now we even the playing field. There is no distinguishing of individual. This group of people, they all have a problem that they cannot solve themselves. They have been stricken, overtaken with leprosy. When we examine this passage, brothers and sisters, we understand, and I want to give this to you just as a, a background of information. Leprosy was not something, because I, I used to think this, and, and for many years, I thought that, you know, leprosy was like COVID. You know, you fool around, and you get close to somebody, and you get it. You know, I thought leprosy was like COVID. You know, you, you don't really know, you know, you, you, it's a chance. You know, if I pass through the wrong space, I might catch it. If I, if I touch the wrong thing, one time I might catch it. Y'all remember how COVID was, don't you? you? You know, somebody sneezed, you know, they, they, you know. You could have your window down in the car and if they sneezed in the car next to you at the intersection, you let, let the window up, let the window turn on the air, get, get the wipes. Get the, you know. But, but understand now, and this gives definition, this gives depth to this text because leprosy, understand brothers and sisters, was a condition, people of God, leprosy, uh, it, it is a condition that is not contracted carelessly. Uh, you can't get leprosy just passing through an environment one time. You can't, you can't contract leprosy just by coming in contact with a leper one time. In order to get leprosy, it, 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 is, it is a result of a, a, a prolonged exposure a consistent, constant connection and contact with someone who has leprosy. Now, if I can reflect back to my time during COVID, my mom is here, hey mommy. And so there were times that because she don't look like it, but she is technically a senior citizen, I told her, I said, listen, I don't want you in the streets. I don't want you doing all that. Get somewhere, sit down. Because they said that you are in an age range where, you know, you, you just, just be still, you know, and she, she like, she gets busy. And I, I told her, listen, I don't need that stress on me. Just get somewhere, sit down, stay in the house. I'll go to the grocery store when you need groceries. I'll do whatever you need done. I'll bring it to the house. I, I, you know, I, it, it was like I lived there. I went home on the weekend to get a change of clothes and come back to her place. And I stayed there. I provided, I, pre I prepared food for her and my stepfather. And I did whatever they needed done in the house to, 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 to reduce their risks of being exposed. Because I knew just a one-time run-in and they may come back with something that they might not come back from. And so uh, I, I understood this concept when I learned 
learned what leprosy is and how you really get it because I was there for a few months and I was I had one of them upstairs and the other one downstairs and I was cooking food and putting it on trays and I would tell them I'm coming in the room get out the way and I would walk in and, and put it on a tray and I'd get back out the door and I'd, uh, I'd fix myself up go back in there get the tray I tell them I'm coming in and and so it would have been easier thank God I did not at that time contract it but it would have been easier because I was intentionally exposing myself to the condition that I knew they had but it was not because I was being careless it was not because I was being reckless but it was because I was intentionally putting myself in a place to be of assistance to someone who needed the aid this gives a whole new lens of perspective to individuals that caught leprosy because we have always judged lepers when we hear preachers preach about them as people who were wrong as people something was wrong with them they were bad people they were outcast for a reason it was justified we we talk about them like they were the scum of the earth but consider if you will we don't know if this is the case but just consider if you will that they were exposed to prolonged uh, exposure to someone that had it because they were caring for an individual if if they were looking after someone and they had to continue coming into this environment I want to help you understand brothers and sisters that sometimes we are victims of our environment because we are doing the right thing you are not always going through something bad because you did something bad and so we cannot add that context to these lepers we don't know how they got it we don't know why they got it all we know is that they have it I want to give this to you because listen I got to make it hard I got to I got to make it difficult right through here but it's going to get better but I want to help us understand something that we cannot find ourselves guilty of judging why a person is who they are because you don't know what they've been exposed to you don't know what environments they've been in you don't know what has held them to those places and those practices and we cannot be judgmental just because we do not understand an, an individual's point of reference Jesus non-judgmental he he sees the lepers he he looks at them and he and the Bible says Luke tells us that when he saw them they stood at a distance and met him and look what happens they raised their voices. Listen, I want to encourage you right quick because uh, these people now socially have been placed in a predicament where they were required to announce their condition no matter where they were going. They had to uh, introduce themselves by what was wrong with them no matter where they were going. Lepers now, because of the customs of the society, had to yell unclean as they were going into a space so that people would have a pre-warning that this is not somebody I want to be around. Anybody in here ever felt like folks didn't want to be around you even though they didn't know you? Anybody ever walked in the room and you felt like they were already sending the text messages about you? Anybody ever shown up and you know they already had a conversation before you got there? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but, but look at what happens here. When they, when they meet, I'm shifting, when they meet Jesus, they don't talk about what's wrong with them. But they assert their voices 
and they changed their declaration. I want to prophesy to about 24 of you in here right now because I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that He is about to change your declaration so that people who once identified you by your issue will no longer talk about you based on what's wrong with you. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't care how you met me. God is about to change how you see me. Tell him, I don't care what you heard about me. God is about to redefine what you know about me. Tell him, and it's not going to happen from anybody else. But in this season, I have the authority to introduce myself. I have the authority to tell you who to call me. I have the authority to tell you how to speak to me. I have the authority to tell you how to engage me. They asserted their voices. Not only did they assert their voices, but they acknowledged their vulnerability. They said, have mercy on us. One of the most difficult things to do in life is to acknowledge your vulnerability. We spend time, we spend energy, we spend effort trying to cover up and conceal our weaknesses. We lose relationships because we're trying to protect our weaknesses. We miss out on opportunities because we are trying to hide and camouflage our weaknesses. But the good news is that when you're in the presence of God, you can be free to be vulnerable. When you are in the presence of God, you can be free to be weak. When you are in the presence of God, you can be free to be me. They acknowledge their vulnerability. Jesus, the next thing that happens, the Bible says, is that they say, have mercy on us. They didn't ask him to heal them. They didn't provide a bucket list or a long grocery list of things. They simply said, have mercy. Look at what happens. Luke says in verse number 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. I like this because oftentimes in church, we train people to think that all that happens is I speak to God. I reach out for God. I extend myself for God. But Luke helps us understand when he says, when he saw them, that the only thing that happens in church is not me looking to and for God, but that God looks back at me. He says, when he saw them, and I want to tell somebody today that, 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 that in the midst of this service that Jesus is about to affirm your visibility. I hear the Spirit of the Lord even now telling me that there are many of you who have walked through life feeling like people don't care about you. You have walked through life feeling like people don't understand you. You have walked through life feeling insignificant, feeling unimportant. You have walked through life feeling uh, forsaken and forgotten. You've walked through life feeling like an outcast and feeling excluded. But Luke helps us to understand right here in verse number 14 uh, that when you cry out to him, he looks in your direction. Uh, somebody just tell your neighbor, he's looking in your direction. Oh, tell them again, tell them, tell them God's eyes are on you. 
Uh-huh. He's looking in your direction. I want you to know that, 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 that his eyes are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. Behold, he that keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleep. God has his eyes on you. And that's good news for somebody today who feels like nobody in your family loves or agrees with you. I want you to know God has his eyes on you. For the person that feels like everyone has walked away and turned their backs on you, I want you to know God has his eyes. Tap, tap your neighbor right quick as they're going to sleep. Say, neighbor, neighbor, tell, tell them before you drift off. Tell them I, I, want you to, I want you to know. You may dream, but tell them I want you to know God has his eyes on you. Uh-huh. I know you're the person that nobody speaks to when you walk in the room, but, but God has his eyes on you. I, I know you're the person that nobody asks about when you don't show up, but, but God has his eyes on you. Thank you for one witness. God has his eyes on you. And if nobody else gets the memo, it's just for you. In the black Puma sweatshirt, I want you to know God got it. Hello, somebody. God got his eyes on you. Just because you didn't mind exposing your vulnerability, God got his eyes on you. Just because you said, I'm going through something, and it don't matter who knows, God got his eyes on you. Oh, yes, God has his eyes on you. Look at here, because here right now we have a real-life embodiment of the passage. Because what happens is, the man now goes, these ten leave, and they go to show themselves to the priest. But what happens is, as this man is walking, as somebody was coming down the aisle, as somebody was moving in the direction that they were supposed to go, this man looks now, and this man has an aligned viewpoint. Because remember, when they engaged Jesus initially, they had leprosy. But when this man starts walking, in verse number 15, he looks at himself, and he sees something different than what he saw before. The Bible says that as this man was walking, he looked and saw that he was cleansed. Now listen, I want to tell somebody in here that there comes a point in your life where you cannot be concerned about what other people see when they look at you. Oh yeah, it's personal now. It, 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 it's, it's, it's personal now because I've been in this fight a long time it's, it, it's personal now because life been beating me upside the head and, and, and I'm at a point now where it don't matter what you say about me I, I'm, 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 it, it's personal at this point because everything that could have been said has been said and at this point I'm more concerned about what I see myself y'all neighbors being real bougie right now but holler across the sanctuary at somebody and say, neighbor, I see something different when I look at myself. The, I hear you. The Bible says that he was looking and he sees now that he's been cleansed. But hold on, wait a minute, because he got hard-headed. He got hard-headed. When the man saw that he had been cleansed, remember Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. The reason he had to go show himself to the priest was so that the priest could confirm that he was cleansed and so that he could take a sacrifice for the cleansing that had occurred. But now when this man looks, this man decides that I've got to detach myself from formality. And there comes a time when you realize that God is working for me right now, that I'll walk up the aisle in the middle of service because it's no longer about formality. 
there comes a time when I realize that God got his hand on me that I'll break formality just to come back and say thank you now listen you don't walk all the way up the aisle don't you leave here until you say thank you now the next thing the man had to do he had to detach himself from the people they went on to the priest he came back to Jesus The only way he made it back to Jesus was he had to make a decision to detach himself from people that were satisfied with the same old mundane behaviors. How much longer he got? I'm almost done. The man, he detached himself from the crowd. And I want to tell somebody in here, you're in some of the situations you're in because you're trying to hold on to the crowd. I'm going to preach to the wall. wall it's, you don't want to let go of the crowd. And because you won't let go of the crowd, wall, because I, I know you'll talk back to me, wall, because you don't want to let go of the crowd. See, all, y'all two right here, y'all could be greater if y'all would split up. All the other y'all trying to fit in with the crowd. If you did something different, do I have a witness in here? Am I talking to anybody? You're in some of the positions you're in because you've held on to the crowd. You've been trying to do what they've been trying to do. And you couldn't get what you needed from God. You've been trying to go where they're trying to go. Some of y'all don't even feel right going no more. You just go because we friends. I, I love them. We have a good time. If I drink enough, I won't feel it. You know, if this person come and that person come and I sit between them, I forget about it. And, you know, I keep, it's wasting my time, but I'm going to keep going back. God got better for me, but I'm not going to apply. I'm not going to try to get a better job. I'm not going to try to get a better position because these are folk I go to lunch with every day and we do the same thing on our jobs and it's comfortable and it feels good and it makes me happy and I can show them my Instagram posts and they like my pictures and they talk about how cute my kids are and they invite me over for the baby blessing and they invite me over for the card party and they invite me to go out of town with them and they let me come in and be part of the group and you're missing out on the best that God has for you because you're trying to Hold on to the group. Somebody tell your neighbor, detach. This man, this man comes back. This man comes back. This man comes back. And, and, and he has broken formality. He's a man, bump the priest. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to Jesus. But man, I, I ain't worried about that. I ain't worried about that. I'm, 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 com- I'm coming back to Jesus. And, 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 and forget whoever don't come with me. Forget whoever does, that's a status update right there. Folk won't even know what you're talking about. And as crazy as it is, if you post that on your status, you're going to get folk talking about, what was that about? You're going to get folk inboxing you talking about, who was you talking about? It was you. You, The man aligns his viewpoint. He, He looks now and he sees something different. And so he turns back and comes back to Jesus. This is why I get excited, and I promise I'm almost done. I started to question the text, Leslie, because when Luke opens up in verse number 11, he tells us, now Luke is a physician. He is intentional and meticulous with details. 
Luke says that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He was passing through Samaria and Galilee, passing through a, a progressive motion. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm on my way to do so. I got appointments. I, I, I didn't come here to stay. I didn't, I, I wasn't intending to stop. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Don't, don't talk to me. Just text me because I'm, I'm up. Don't call me. I'm, I'm going somewhere. I, I can't, I, not, not today, not tomorrow, but today I'm going somewhere. However, when this man comes back, he knew how to find Jesus. How did the man know where Jesus was? Jesus was right where he was when the man experienced him the time before. I want to tell you, if y'all don't shout on this, I'm going to sit down because I'm about to preach the green off my shoes. I want to tell somebody in here that you've been looking for Jesus for a long time. You've been looking in the bottle. You've been looking in the... You've been looking in the bed. You've been looking in the club. I'm going to make somebody mad right here. You've been looking in sage and crystals. But I want to tell somebody, he's right where he was all the time. Songwriter said he was there all the time. He was there. Somebody tell your neighbor he never left. Uh-uh. Look at somebody sitting down because them the ones that drove and off. Tell somebody sitting down. Tell them neighbor. Tell them, wake up. You need to hear this. Tell them, Jesus is right where you met him. He never left. That's good news for some of us. Because if you hard-headed like I am, you left him. But he didn't leave you. If you anything like me, you walked away from the church. But whenever you came back, he was still there. Some of y'all like me, you tried to love everybody else. But he was still there loving you. Somebody shout, he was there. I got another question because, because when we look at this, remember, he was supposed to go to the priest, right? And, and Jesus was passing through, right? So Jesus should have been gone by the time he turned back, right? But the Bible also tells us, according to Luke's account, that when he came back and found Jesus right where he experienced his miracle, right where he experienced his blessing, right where he experienced his life being transformed, when he came back to that place, the Bible helps us to understand now that he already had a sacrifice because it was customary to take to the temple. This man comes back. And he falls at the feet of Jesus. And when he falls at the feet of Jesus, Jesus is moved. If you read on through to verse 19, the Bible says that Jesus is moved and tells him, I'm going to give you another blessing because of your faith to come back to me with what you were going to take to somebody else. I want to make an appeal today because you have the greatest commodity that God has given you. And somebody put your hand on your chest and say, it's me. You are the greatest commodity that you have. You are worth more than the money. You are worth more than the relationship. You are worth more than the title. You are worth more than the status. And all I'm telling you to do is what the man did. Come on back to Jesus with it. Come on back to Jesus with it. 
You don't need to come to Jesus with money. You don't need, now we want to pay our bills in the church, so let me, let me not, okay, you, you don't need to come to Jesus with money, but you come to church with money, so you can keep coming and the lights are on, all right? Let me put that in there, I don't want to get in trouble. But it's not a prerequisite to get close to Jesus. And so, when we look at this text, this man comes back, and he lays at the feet of Jesus in a posture of worship. He became the sacrifice that he gave in appreciation for what he had done. And I promise this is the last thing right here. Remember when they met Jesus? They had to holler from a distance. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? When they met Jesus, they had to holler at him from a distance. But when the man comes back, he's right at Jesus' feet. I'm done with this prophecy right here, and this is for whoever will receive it. The Lord is about to shift the dynamic of your life, where he is opening the windows of heaven to give you access that you have never had before. God is about to remove the barriers. God is about to strip away the layers. There was a time before you didn't feel close to him. There was stuff between you and God. There were things, interference. But, but, but I hear the Lord saying that this time when you come to me, you're going to get close enough to feel me. You're going to get close enough to feel me. Now I'm going to be obedient because Ian asked me to do this. Well, I kind of got threatened into it. You're going to get close to G, and in this season, there will be nothing that can interfere. Nothing that can keep you from getting close to him. The man comes back, and he's at the feet of Jesus. You do realize that the woman with the issue of blood crawled through the crowd. And when she got to the feet of Jesus, she reached for the hem of his, of his garment. You, you, you do realize, you do realize that it was on Calvary's cross that, that they stood around eye level with the feet of Jesus when the realization came that surely this was who he said he was. There is nothing that can be withheld. No weapon formed against me. I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to get out the way. Shall prosper. It won't work. Because God will do what he said he will do. He will stand. I'm backing out of it like I eased into it. Oh, he will come through. No, 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 no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Not even me. It won't work. Oh, I'm leaving better than I came. I'm leaving closer than I came. I'm leaving more peaceful than I came. It won't work. Now sing it to your neighbor. It just won't work. It just won't work. 
It just won't work. It just won't work. It just won't work. It just won't work. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Ooh, yeah.